is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Under Centre Podcast. I am your host, Daramar, and we are looking ahead to Wild Card Weekend, or I think nowadays it's actually called Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Jake Woolhead, first of all. Jake, how are you? Living the dream as always, Dar. Thanks for asking. First time I've seen you in 2023, so is it too late to say Happy New Year at this stage? Have we gone past that? Nah, you can say that till the end of January, I'd say. The end of January is the cut-off. That's okay. That's fair enough. For me, anyway. <laughs> for you <laughs> every time i see it, it's gonna be happy new year until the end of January. <laughs> and we are also welcoming back today a former guest on the show he was part of our afi review of 2022 that is joe kinnahan joe welcome back sir how are you grand yeah thanks for having me on again lads great to talk a bit of football and finally nfl this time so yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it's a little bit a of a different tact well. for you now isn't it it is a bit, but, you know, I suppose be, being a, a fan of a team that's doing well, it's going to be a lot easier for me to talk about it, so. <laughs> yeah, we well, see now, as see opposed, the way as it to maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, the way it works in podcasting now, you only get views if your team is terrible, so, like, we should have got, like, terrible team support. Oh. We should have kept, we should have brought uh, Rain and Fiona on for this and, and Adam, maybe. <laughs> it would have worked better. And we would have got the views for that one. No, we have to talk about how good our teams are. You know, it's such such a oh, hard no. thing to do now today, isn't oh, it? No. Awful, awful, bad episode. Um, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Joe's first time speaking to you in 2023. Also, happy New Year to you as well. How was the Christmas? Happy New Year till the end of January. Yeah, Christmas was great. Yeah, um, I'd actually on that. If we're saying uh, Happy New Year till the end of January, are we putting up our Christmas decorations in November? Is that how? Would I be right in saying, are we along that line? Or are we... The cutoff for me is the 1st of December. That's decoration time. That's when Christmas right. FM goes on in the car. That's the whole lot. Why do you even bother taking them down? <laughs> <laughs> God, just take the decorations off and just say it's a decorative tree for the house. That's all it is. <laughs> no. Or you can do that other trick. You know that other trick? I mean, um, that you see, if you like, wrap your tree in <laughs> cling film and then so it's always ready and you don't have to make it up every year, that works fine too. I got a new Christmas um, tree bag. I don't know if this is of interest to you, but the fucking thing is huge. It, you could fit a body in it. It's crazy how big <laughs> it is. Tell me uh, you're in your 30s about telling me you're in your 30s. <laughs> you're getting, excited about, <laughs> getting excited about blinds, Christmas tree bags. And whole <laughs> I have that to look forward to, boys, do I? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, it's all in your future there, Joe. Don't worry about that. Uh, it's going to come quicker than you think. Um, but we are <laughs> not here to just talk about Christmas bag trees and blinds and stuff like that. Maybe if Jake wants to set up his own show for later in the week, he can for that. That's no problem. New blind boy um, podcast. Are... <laughs> <laughs> I think you might come into some copyright issues there on that. But hey, look, um, we are going to look ahead to Super Wildcard Week and the playoffs are here. The final... I'm very quickly doing this in my head. The final 14 teams of the season are here. Thank Not of approval from Jake there. That means I got it right. Thank you. Uh, six games this weekend to go through. We're going to go through them. Uh, look out for what uh, what parts of the game to look out for. Who we think is going to win. You know the usual jargon that we all do. We'll try and keep it light and bubbly for this part as well. Before we do, 
make sure you're following us on our social channels at undercenterpod on uh, Twitter, the same on Instagram at undercenterpod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. It's under center podcast wherever you go on youtube find us there subscribe if you are watching this on youtube right now hit that like button hit the subscribe button as well that's what we want to do and uh, we want you to do because uh, i'm sick of liking all my own videos it's only one <laughs> like on all of them <laughs> i'm only joking there's two i get my mom to do it as well um but uh, <laughs> also fan, we fan. were a huge fan number one um also, if you're listening to us on the audio side of things, make sure you are subscribed on that too. You can get us anywhere you listen to your podcast under Center Podcast, exact same way you just search for us on YouTube, you'll find us there. And that's where you'll get all of the shows, including the one we had earlier on this week with uh, Reen and Fionn, looking back at week 18 and the coaching firings that ha- took place as well earlier on this week. Um, so definitely a show to check out as well if you haven't. Uh, already before today but let's uh, let's get straight into the games and we will start with Saturday's games and the first game on Saturday is the Seattle Seahawks traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers in this NFC West matchup the 49ers have beaten the Seahawks twice already this season in both very one-sided games the Seahawks of course got in by the skin of their teeth with thanks to a Detroit Lions win in Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers uh, Joe, since you are a returning guest on the show, I'll let you go first on this one. What are your thoughts ahead of this game? Um, I mean, I think the the main thing for this is how Gino is going to fare against that 49ers defense. You know, we've seen two games already from them this year, and that kind of explosiveness that we'd seen earlier in the year from the Seahawks has kind of faded off a bit. You're hoping that he can find something during this week, whether they've they've found something on tape that they like or, you know, whether they get a player going, they, they need some sort of spark early on. I think if the Seahawks don't have, if they don't have 10 points by, say, midway through the second quarter, if they're not going into halftime with two touchdowns on the board, it's going to be very difficult for them to keep up with that 49ers offense. Um. That's just been running over everybody with a third string quarterback. I think that's the that's the thing we forget about as well. Like Brock Purdy, he's been playing well. You know, he's not been making too many mistakes. And he's a guy who you know, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's not supposed to be <laughs> operating an NFL offense at this level. And he's got the team that arguably could should be maybe favorites. May it's them or the Eagles for the NFC. And like I just I don't know how he's doing it. So they're going to have to find a way on offense to keep up with the the 49ers because I just don't see the the defense stopping them at all. Yeah, Jake, and I am on the 49ers. We they are on a 10 game winning run at the moment as well. Um which is extraordinary. Um but uh, I want to ask about this uh, the 49ers defense that uh Joe alluded to because um, at the start of the year, they were um, quite dominant and played very, very well. But the last few weeks, and I'm thinking back to, you know, they conceded points against the Commanders. Then the following week, of course, that mental game against the Raiders conceding 32 points. Okay, you conceded 13 points against the Cardinals playing a probably even a fourth or a fifth string quarterback in that game. And, you know, they didn't care because they knew, obviously, Click Kingsbury was going to, to face the sack as well. But is there a few maybe a slight 
concerns you could say with the 49ers defense maybe their dominance from the start of the season maybe is tailing off a little bit i don't know i mean there's always going to be a couple of them games where it's like just teams unexpectedly score a whole lot of points like you mentioned the raiders or the commanders doing that but again this team is still a buzzsaw of a defense like probably the best defense in the league right now regardless of position or even outside of the postseason um like they have um Fred Warner who Hufanga Boza on the line like they're just incredible players it's going to be hard to even stop them so I, don't, I wouldn't be worried about them if I'm a 49ers fan I'm not worried about them what I would be worried about is maybe you mentioned that Brock Purdy hasn't been giving the ball away too much but I just don't want this game to be the game he starts giving the ball away too much or that's where the regression for a Mr. Irrelevant QB comes in like I mean it's the it's probably the biggest game of his life uh, probably looking at nearly being cut in the offseason because he's Mr. Irrelevant to now starting a wild card game is like just the maddest thing he probably could have imagined so I know that the the Seahawks defense isn't is pretty good like with Quandre Diggs and all the lads there as well so I mean it's going to be a good good game I think if this, the 49ers have a quality defense. They need that offense to score points as much as the Seahawks need to score offense points. Yeah, and look, the, the 49ers defense have kept the Seahawks um, to uh, seven points in their first game in week two. And then on the Thursday night football a couple of weeks ago, um, they only conceded 13 points as well. So they have had the Genos and the offensive numbers. Um, and especially with the the weakness in the interior offensive line of the Seahawks as well. It's something that you could see that Nick Bosa is probably, uh, and uh, Eric Armstead as well, are looking at that and um, licking their lips at the prospect of maybe getting at Gino a couple of times. Yeah, I could definitely see something like that happen and maybe putting them under pressure and throwing some uh, some balls up in the air that, that the 49ers back end could probably catch. But again, this is what I'm thinking. The NFL is an any given Sunday type league as we always say but this is the the wildcard weekend this is the any given sundays or saturday in this case so you never know like gino could be on gino form gino fire and uh could could lead them to a win yeah, yeah. like I, I think and joe if, if... sorry go ahead oh, sorry yeah yeah i just i like with, with with this game like i don't think gino can go into this game and say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be conservative i'm gonna be a game manager i'm gonna take care care of the football. I think this is a game where he really needs to realize, again, we need to be scoring points here. We can't afford to get, you know, behind on that scoreboard at all. And this is either like a, a three touchdown, 290 yard performance or a three interception performance, but he has to throw those balls out there. He kind of has to force things a bit um, this Saturday. I think this could be a big game for Metcalf on those 50-50 balls. Um but I think that or if Kenneth Walker just goes off again for 150 yards, 180 yards, whether that will happen against this 49ers defense, I don't know. But anything's possible with that guy in the backfield, I suppose. And Darren, yeah, and let, he... me ask, let me ask you, yeah. because obviously this is your team playing the 49ers. How do you yeah. feel about them squeaking away into the wild card? I feel like we probably have much similar wavelengths as the Giants are in the same position. You get your uh, worse off draft pick for being in the playoffs, um, or you just get to be in the playoffs and maybe you could squeak out another couple of more wins. How do you feel about it? Look, it's the best of both worlds that we have at the moment because we did make it to the playoffs, and we also have the number five pick in the draft this year because, oh. because of the Broncos. 
at the start of the season, I thought that was going to be flipped. I thought we were going to get the number five pick because the Seahawks are going to be so awful and we'd get a playoff team's draft pick because the Broncos are going to make it to the playoffs. So <clears throat> this is this is a free hit and that's why I am a little more confident than I would be in a regular season game against the 49ers because a, a team that has a free hit like that can be very dangerous. A team that basically has nothing to, to lose. Because no one expects them to go any further than this. No one expects them to get to here. Everyone now is already writing down the Eagles and the 49ers as the NFC Championship game. Um, and if the Seahawks can, you know, put a spanner in those works, it's it's possible. You know, we see, like, this is probably, these are one of those games where these teams know each other so, so well. And... <clears throat> The thing about the Seattle defense is, like you mentioned, Jake, it has been improving. You know, stopping that run is going to be important. They've struggled to stop the run all season. Um, you can't let McCaffrey get going in that game at all. Um, but then, like, if you stop McCaffrey, and then, but then you have Brock Purdy gets to throw to either Debo, Ayuk, George Kittle. There's so many options out there. And now with Jordan Brooks, they're main linebacker is down for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. You know, the middle of that defense is not looking as strong as it could have been. Um, On the opposite side of things, like you guys have covered it very well in terms of what the Seahawks offense would need to do to, to win this game. And I did, I mentioned the interior offensive line, the two guards, the center have struggled um, in the second half of this season. Gino's efficiency has struggled because of that. Um, same with the running game has struggled. They, they can't run down the middle as much because they're, they're, they're basically getting beaten on their blocks um, and the defenders are able to, to, to stop the run. Can they hold on in this game and can they give Gino that time to pick that pass too, like you mentioned, DK Metcalf, who's had a quite a few weeks, or can it be to Tyler Lockett um, or can it be to one of the tight ends, whether that is um, Parkinson or no, or no Fant. So that that's the thing. It's all about the time. If Gino has the time to pick passes, there's a chance. But if that defensive line is dominating the line of scrimmage there against the, the Seahawks O-line, it could be a long day for, for Gino and that, um, and that offense, and, and they won't get anywhere near the 49ers. But we spent a few minutes on this. I want to go quickly around you guys uh, to get your predictions for this game. Who do you think is uh, going through to the next round of the playoffs? I'll start with you, Jake. I'm afraid, Dara, I'm going to have to go with the Niners. Yeah, Joe? I'll be, be joining you there as well, I think. I mean, I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's 7 to 10 points, but I think it's 49ers win for sure, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm i going to go to Seahawks. I'm more over my heart than my head, you know? Um... But you know, it can anything can happen. Anything can happen. I have a few yeah. surprises in up my sleeve for for my predictions this week that could happen. Um, either they'll all happen or none of them will happen. It's, it's, it's one of those. It's you better those. not be so the far behind. In, in one, I'm so far behind in the prediction contest that I, I actually need to start putting some strange ones out there and hope that they come true, so I have a chance to come back. But that is a that's the 49ers and the Seahawks. We'll move on to the late game on Saturday. That is the Los Angeles Chargers, the fifth seed, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the winners of the AFC South after beating the Titans last Saturday. They are, of course, the four seed. Um, quite um, 
a interesting game, kind of a kind of a runner for game of the week now for me in this. I think two sides I like to play offense, play offense very well, and at times their defenses can be quite suspect. So I think we could be in for a very, very entertaining game here. Jake, I'll start with you on this. What are you looking at looking for in this game? Uh, the first thing I'm noticing in this game is the ridiculousness of playing your starters in a meaningless game for the Chargers. And we see Mike Williams <laughs> go down with that back injury, had to be carted, carted off. That was just so pointless. And now they're facing, yeah. they could be facing the Jaguars team with a pretty decent defense. And they're going to be missing one of their top pass catchers. And I can't remember, there's another guy, somebody else went out as well, but I think he's more than likely going to play. I mean, you still have Alan and Eckler that are still going to catch a ball and, and run. So not, to be sniffed at and you still have Justin Herbert so still good but I just couldn't get over the the ridiculousness of playing quality guys in a meaningless game that's why the Giants held them all out look we're all better off for it yeah and Joe just before I, I get your view on this game I mentioned about the Jaguars um, defense who at times can can um, not play ball as well. But a stat that I came across, actually, that I should have mentioned at the start, that the Jaguars are actually tied fourth in the NFL with 27 takeaways this year. So they are a defense that like to take the ball away from the quarterback. And is this um, is this a, a sort of a trap game for Herbert? It, it definitely can be. I mean, in fairness to Herbert, he's done a lot better uh, taking care of the football this year than compared to last year. Um. So I think he's kind of cleaned up that aspect of his game a bit. Uh, there was another stat I actually came across on the opposite side of the ball. Jaguars, you know, obviously Travis Etienne has, has been fantastic this year. Very underrated part of their offense. And uh, Jaguars are third, or sorry, not Jaguars, the Chargers, 32nd in run defense. So I think we're looking at this game. It definitely could be a trap game. I think everybody's kind of saying, oh, you know, Justin Herbert, the the star QB kind of out, outshone uh, Burrow and Tua in 2020 in his rookie year when he was picked behind both of them. And, you know, everybody's saying, the Chargers here, the Chargers here. The Jaguars could, could, I'm not saying they will necessarily, but they, they could uh, they could surprise the Chargers now. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to be a Chargers fan for sure and, and go into this game thinking, yeah, we're locked into the divisional round now because it could be tricky. Yeah, it's definitely not a walk walkabout for, for the Chargers against like that um, Jaguars defense, as you said, direct good and the old takeaways there. So and I, if I'm not wrong, Eckler is a bit of a fumbler himself. I can't remember. He has a few fumbles on the year or not. But uh, and that was DeAndre defense. Carter last week that uh, gave up a fumble. Yeah, yeah uh, right. Simmons punched it out. Um it is interesting, though, because this is not something that we get an awful lot in the NFL playoffs as well. But both quarterbacks, this is their first playoff game as well. So mm. could I, that tie into it in, uh, a little bit, the nerves of playing your first playoff game in the NFL? I think there's a little bit more pressure on Trevor Lawrence, just the over first overall pick and stuff like that. Now, he has been playing great. So I'm kind of seeing maybe a, a shades of a, uh, Cincinnati Bengals getting to the Super Bowl, uh, starting off in the playoffs, kind of vibe off that team now, whether or not they get that far. That's a whole different story, but it does kind of feel that way for me. Yeah, there are teams that could definitely make a run. I, I actually kind of feel the opposite with the pressure, though. Like, the Jaguars came into this season, I don't think, anyway, expecting to make playoffs. They were probably expecting, you know, our first year head coach, we were, what were we, 
number yeah number one overall last year as well yeah uh, in the 2022 draft yeah and you know they're probably just saying you know what let's just get in and let's get a six and ten or six and eleven season maybe seven ten season out of the way and let's build something and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs there's i don't think there's any pressure i think this is a right lads we're here let's just wing it the chargers have had this win playoffs or bust um kind of story put on them for the last four years four or five years and you know herbert's here now but if they you know bow out in the first round of the playoffs all of a sudden there's going to be questions on staley there might be questions on herbert depending on how he does in this game i think there's massive pressure on the chargers to to come out with a win here and i suppose we'll see whether they're able to you know come through on the occasion or whether they fold to it yeah. yeah, I agree with you there because uh, they are a lot of people's sort of cool picks to win the Super Bowl each year, the Chargers, because they seem to always build these very, very nice rosters. You think they have everything in place and then for one reason or another, they just, they bottle it. Um, that's that's exactly what they do. They bottle it. And, you know, like that's why I met, I asked if this was a trap game because of the Chargers histories of, of bottling things like even last season. And I know we mentioned that, like the, the pressure on. But last season, they bottle it in the final game of the, the regular season, lose to the, the Raiders and they don't make the playoffs. This year, you know, everything is set up for them. They're in the playoffs now. Herbert's first playoff game is a fantastic season. Everyone's getting fit now again. They have Joey Bosa back as well. You think it's all set up there. And then like that, the the Jaguars can come here and making the playoffs for the first time since 2017. Of course, when they were famously called Saxonville, the, the worst name in the NFL ever. Um, but they can go there. They have to travel to their spot and punch them in the mouth. And then they're just looking there shocked because that's it. They, they've missed another window to sort of go on a run. Yeah, um, I don't know if I feel that way about that team, though. I I just think they're kind of better, but I don't know. It's a tough call, honestly. It's a, a toss-up game for me, this one, between getting Boza back, as you said. They have Derwin James in the backfield. Asante Samuel Jr., that's a pretty good defense when it plays well. And, I mean, the Jags aren't a titan and offense themselves. So, I mean, this just gets interesting. Like, both teams have decent offenses but and have good off defenses that can play to a higher level than they have. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go on and let's find uh, out everyone's predictions. Joe, I'll start with you on this one. Jaguars or Chargers? It's, it's really a toss-up for me. I could flip a coin either way. I think... Because of how I think they won't be under too much pressure and because they have a coach who has had that playoff experience and had that he's won a Super Bowl. I think I think I'm going with the Jags. Yeah, I've Don't been picking up the, feeling it. Yeah, I've been picking up the Chargers <laughs> here the last couple of minutes, but I think I'm gonna go with the Jags as well. I just literally just checked the, the handicap there and the Chargers are favorite by two points. So it is almost a toss up. Right, okay. Uh, well, someone's got to go with, with the Chargers on this one, so I'm going to go with the Chargers um, to win this game. Um, you know, I've been doubting them for the last, what, five, ten minutes that we've talked, and I'm just going, I'm saying, I'm going for them. So um, they better not let me down. I bet they better not let me down at all, or else uh, or else I'll be um, 
pushing for the Brandon Staley out brigade there <laughs> for the rest of the uh, off season on this show for sure. But um, okay, perfect. We will move on then to Sunday's games. And the first game on Sunday is the Miami Dolphins traveling to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. Chris Buffalo Bills uh, missed out on the one seed um, in the AFC. So they um, will have to take on the seventh seed, which is, of course, the Miami Dolphins, who snuck through. I talked about the Seahawks getting through by the skin of their teeth. The skin of their teeth is probably not a good enough definition for what the Dolphins managed to do to get into the playoffs last weekend. Was it 9-6 in the end against the Jets? 10-6? Yeah, well, well, uh, I think I it was know, just three field goals. There, so yeah, 9-6 it, yeah. against the Jets. Unbelievable that they that, that was able to happen. 11-6. Um, 11-6, was it? Yeah, they... there was a safety, I think. Oh, because they were doing the, the whole pitchy whatever yeah when they were pushing to try and win the try and win the game Acting the bollocks, that's what they were doing <laughs> yeah yeah um okay uh to it Tungo Vailoa is out of this game he will not be playing so that means it looks like it's going to be Skylar Thompson again um guys I don't know if there is a point in spending too much time on this like <laughs> There's no, yeah, there, there mean, can't be any there can't be any other choice but to go for the Bills in this game, surely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, another rookie quarterback who was not expected to play is now all of a sudden thrust into a wildcard weekend role. That's just fucking insane. Two explosive offenses when both starting quarterbacks are playing. So now we're talking about one quality offense and a question mark uh, on the other side of the field on that offense. It's it's last I checked, it was a 13 point difference which is quite high for a playoff game um the only thing i can think of and basically all i have on this game is the dolphins love to blitz and maybe if they can get home on a few of these blitzes and cause a bit of pressure maybe get a few defense takeaways that's where that game changes can i see it no but that's all i got in 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 the the dolphins side well joe before i get your view on it i want to ask because I'll try and play devil's advocate here and try and come up with a way that the Dolphins can do something. But the Bills' defense, and especially that defensive line's production, has gone down since Von Miller's injury. Um, And if the Miami Dolphins' offensive line especially can give Skylar Thompson the opportunity to um, pick a pass... He has shown, especially with Tua and Waddle there, that they can work up a scheme to get him to pass the ball to them and basically rack, rack up the yak yards. And maybe that gives them a chance. I mean, maybe. I also have a chance. <laughs> Big maybe. 2001 ACA this weekend. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, I mean, in fairness, I'll... like. It'd have to be a load of screen passes. It'd have to be a lot of short stuff underneath underneath that uh, that Bills defense. I don't think you're going to see Skylar Thompson bombing balls down the field. I just don't see how the run game gets going when you know that, okay, this guy doesn't have the arm. We can bite down a bit more in the run. I know you're trying to play devil's advocate, but I just... Some of us I'm have not, to be I realists here. <laughs> I just, just I just trying to be the good host. Jake. I, I That's all. <laughs> Exceptionally I, good, yeah. Darren. I'd I just, say. 
He's too nice. He's too nice. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think this one this one has bills written all over it. It's at that uh, it's at Highmark Stadium. That crowd is going to be wild for they're still going to be, you know, uh riding off the emotion of Tamar Hamlin. They're going to be screaming. There's probably going to be three kick return touchdowns uh, this weekend. Oh, um, I'm going to put that bet on. <laughs> <laughs> there's your 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just with that stadium, with that crowd and the way the bills are rolling at the moment, even if their defense has, again, like you said, kind of slowed down a bit without uh, the likes of Von Miller. I know, I think Jordan, Jordan Poyer was activated off the um, injury reserve this week. So maybe that's, a, again, that's another help in the defensive backfield for them. So uh, I think it has to be the Bills for me anyway. Yeah. Not to spoil yeah, the pick, um, but. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping the gun, Joe. Like, I didn't actually Love ask that. for the pick yet, but th- thanks for that. Um, yeah. Like, listen, we won't spend much more time on this. You guys have covered, covered it um, very well. The. The matchup that we could see, which could be a very tasty matchup, actually, is going to be Xavier Howard and Stefan Diggs. Um, now, the Dolphins uh, did beat the the Bills earlier on this season. Um, of course, that was in Miami. And then, of course, the, the Bills re- promptly returned the favor um, in the game on a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember which week it was exactly off the top of my head, but... Um, Again, I go back to the Seahawks and 49ers games. These are in-division games. These teams know each other so well. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just I'm trying to hype this game up as much as I can because it's the only early game that we have on this side of the, <laughs> of the Atlantic as well, being at 6 yeah. p.m. on Sunday. Let's so, call it for know, what it is, Dara. Trap game. Trap game. <laughs> there we go. But it is a trap game. It, well, I mean, they're, if they're the Bills lose, <laughs> they're, they're, they're this is the Skylar Thompson breakout game, game guys. Later, um, yeah, it could be Not the Skylar Thompson breakout game. You know, there we go. We could that could be it. Um, but as well, off the pitch, away from the pitch, and and Joe, you mentioned it there a bit earlier. Of course, with Demar Hamlin, he was released from hospital, um, today on the time recording on Wednesday, which was uh, fantastic to hear. Do we see him in a director's box or something at the game on Sunday? Do you think he'd get no. uh, clearance from the hospital to go and even watch it? I don't know. I don't see that happening this early. Maybe when they get through to the next week, that's when they'll go. But I can't see it so soon after mm-hmm. coming out of hospital. I can see the NFL getting him in to do the, the coin toss. Oh. Oh. Well, you'd have to stay for the game then, surely, if that's the case. Yeah, you would have to yeah. <laughs> go back don't, to the house. Don't, don't put, <laughs> get out. Just don't put him in. Get that, out. For the love of God. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that could be it. Um, but yeah, no, if he can make it to the game, that would be absolutely fantastic um, to see. But um, predictions very quickly. Everyone going, Bills? I mean, we don't even need to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact as well, since, 20, since 2010... Uh, double digit favorites against the spread are 11, 11 and three. So, so there's a chance. I mean, so, so you're saying there's a chance, yeah. <laughs> now, is that yeah, is that to lose the game or just to not cover the spread, though? Uh, I believe that's to cover the spread. 
ah, oh, well then, look, they can still win by nine, and you know, it's still it'll still be a bit of a blowout, so it'll be fine. Um, we we'll move on to the half nine game on Sunday evening. That is Jake's New York Giants traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings again. After, of course, the the Vikings won their matchup in Jake. What week was it? Oh, I don't know what week it was. Ten or eleven, something like that. It doesn't matter. It's no, all in the past now. That was. Closer than that, I think, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. It's a, it when they like, lose, yeah, they just blank like it out. 16, week 16, was it? 15, Jesus. Or something like that. Yeah. It might be yeah, it's only, it's only a month ago, I think. Jake, you're the Giants. That was fan. some game, Every though. result of every game. Uh, ever. Oh, it was Christmas <laughs> Eve. So, that was yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it was six, week 16. Well, yeah. look, Christmas it was a is whole a, year ago. Yeah. I did a lot of drinking between that game and now. So, like, there's a few brain cells <laughs> yeah. that are missing since then. Um, so, like I said, it, it is a matchup. The, the Giants rested their starters last week in the loss to the Eagles. So, we should see the likes of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley um, back for this game. Um, Jake, listen, talk to me. Tell me. Yeah, um, I mean, tell like, me how the Giants win this game. Well, I'll just we'll give you a, few, a little bit of backstory here on the old first matchup six weeks ago that okay. we said it was happened yet yeah, not two weeks ago or anything. But uh, that game, the Giants had been missing their number one corner, their number one safety. Uh, I think two out of five linemen were backups, and the hodgepodge wide receiver core that is led by a Bills practice squad player at the minute. So that's, that's just, the, there was a whole lot of Giants mistakes with fumbles and stuff like that that happened in the game. And yet we only lost on a 61-yard field goal at the last minute. So I like as much as I could be confident going into a game, this would be as much as it is for a Giants game this season, which is pretty good for me, I think. We have the, the number one cornerback, we have the safety back, and all our linemen are healthy, I believe, so pretty good looking for me the one i'm looking forward to most is i'm not sure if the Giants' center is playing and i don't know if you heard about a little dude named dexter lawrence who's almost as good as an interior d lineman as dara is thank you yeah i'm just almost. waiting for you to just say, recognize that <laughs> so um it'd be interesting checks, to see because checks in the mail <laughs> it'd be interesting to see because they have they were playing their backup center who is now torn ACL or he's out for the rest of this the season anyway. So if that um the whatever the center's name is that they have played, if he can't play, it'd be a third string center on Dexter Lawrence, and that's just not a good matchup for the Vikings. And uh, the um Thibodeau has been playing pretty, pretty good the past few games. So um Kirk Cousins prime time. Thibodeau in prime time. Like, that's a good matchup for me. That's just a good matchup on the Giants' defensive side. Do you want to go? No, I was just going to say he's going to be going up against Christian Darasaw. It's probably been one of, if not the best, left tackle in uh, in the whole league this year. He could go the other side. I don't know. You never know. But uh, <laughs> he's a pretty good Get player, is all I'll say. Get he's a pretty good player, you know? The Giants' <laughs> D-line is probably the strongest unit on the Giants, so... Be a good matchup, but I, I think on the other side, the Giants defense have to contend with Hawkinson and Jefferson, who both had huge games last time. But as I said, we were missing our number one corner and our number one safety, so at least I get a little bit of um hope in this one, which I, I haven't had in the past 10 or 12 years. It's the hope that kills you, Jake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I foresee a lot of drinking after this weekend, depending on how it goes. 
Joe, on the uh, Vikings side of things, of course, uh, they finished 13 and 4, winning the AFC North. Um, but a, a trend that we've seen with the, the Giants or the Vikings offense, I should say, is that they are quite streaky. They will have periods where they look unstoppable in games, but then for other large chunks of it, they'll go on, say, three, three and outs in a row where they just can't get anything going. And that's the time where if the Giants want to win this game, they're going to have to capitalize. Yeah. Um, again, it, it just comes down to the Vikings. I think if the Vikings can just keep consistent, and even if it's, you know, a couple of field goals. I mean, like if you can get those three points, take them. Don't be, don't be risking it on fourth and two, kind of near the forty yard. Just get, take your points. If you need to punt it at the halfway line, that's grand. Pin the Giants deep. The Giants, as much as I have been impressed with uh, Daniel Jones this year, the Giants aren't really a team that'll do that'll go on these big ninety yard drives. If you can pin them back, if you're punting from your own 45, that's fine. Cause they're going to be taking drives from inside their 10 in their, inside their own 15. I don't think they're that explosive, that explosive of a team to go on and constantly go on these big long drives and keep getting points out of them. So I think that's the key there is just to keep, just manage the game, take your field goals, run the clock. Dalvin cooks there for a reason. Alexander Madison's there for a reason. I do think on the Giants side of things, there's definitely an area to exploit there. Like obviously I said Daniel Jones has been great this year. Um even though Richie James has been dropping every pass thrown to him, it seems over the last month. Um the Vikings pass defense, I think, is like third or second worst in the league. Yeah, it is. And so, like, that's a huge, huge advantage there for the Giants. Even, you know, you don't have the likes of Justin Jefferson out there running routes, but you have guys that can run out there and run a slant and, you know, run a quick hitch and pick up five yards, six yards every time. And Daniel Jones has gotten better at throwing those balls on time. So I don't think you're as worried about a, a Vikings pass rush as Kirk Cousins is going to be about the Giants because uh, Thibodeau, obviously... Uh, Aziz Ajilari, I think, has been uh, an unsung yeah. her- hero in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, I think this is another contender for Game of the Week. Even though both teams arguably have limped into this playoffs, I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Like, you have some good points there. Like, the Giants really need to game plan around the uh, Vikings defensive line because our rookie right tackle, Evan Neal, has been struggling, and he struggled mightily against... Um, um, Smith and Danielle Hunter, yeah, uh, yeah, Zanaria Smith and Danielle Hunter in the last game. He just struggled with it. I think he had eight or nine pressures or something and one sack allowed. So they have to sort something out with him, have to have a game plan for chipping whoever's on his side or something like that. So it'll be a, an interesting one there, anyway. I think you're right. I think it could be the most interesting because I think they are quite evenly matched in this game as opposed to like obviously that Bills game is not a match, but. I think they're quite evenly matched. It could be an interesting one, a close game. I'll give you one stat I read there, though. The the Vikings this season are 11-0 and 0 in one-score games. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's not sustainable either as well because that's going to no, stop on this stage. But I think the Giants are were eight and two or something like that in one score games. I mean, it's crazy how much like the one score game thing can go. So it really just skews it. I mean, if you turn those upside down, the the Vikings would be oh and eleven in one score games, and they wouldn't be nowhere near the playoffs. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get predictions on this, Jake. I'll start with you first. Uh, you go going with the Giants. I'm going with the Giants. Joe. You're going with the Giants. That's that's crazy. I you know I I I might take the Giants. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, go on. I'll take the Giants. Let's let's back the boy. Let's back Daniel Jones. He won't uh, he won't slip like he did in that one game. <laughs> I think um, I think he'll do it. I, I think, think he'll do it. I think we're going full circle here because I'm actually going to go with the Giants oh. as well on this game. I uh, I like it. I like the uh, I like the matchup. They showed in the first game that they can hang with the Vikings, and they would have learned a lot from that game too. Um, I love the emergence as well of Isaiah Hodgins on that offense for the Giants. He's played really yeah, he well. Came in, he um, came in just before that trade deadline, and now leads the team in uh, touchdowns and is like second in receiving yards. Yeah, um, I, he's played very well, and like you mentioned, there if they are one of the worst, you know, pass defenses in the league too. And um, we didn't give a whole lot of mention as well to probably their biggest weapon on offense, and that of course is Saquon Barkley, um, who is there too, who's always going to be, who's always going to command a lot of uh, attention. So if you if they are loading the box to stop the run. If you have one-on-ones on the outside there, um, the likes of Hodgins and, and Sterling have proved that they can beat their defenders. So, look, there's a there's a huge chance there, and um, yeah, let's let let's keep this going. Let's keep this whole Giants thing going. Just make sure, Jake, and this is your homework now for Sunday. Do not let them send any pictures of themselves on a yacht, please. No, there was a made sure of it this right. season. I told the lads, just be careful. No <laughs> yacht pictures. They did go out and spend $40,000 in a nightclub in New York, but they didn't take any yacht pictures, so I'm okay with that. Wasn't a nightclub. They just yacht. haven't posted them yet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> they're waiting until they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dara, on a side note, I'm looking forward to the Giants-Seahawks NFC Championship game. Oh, I can't wait. Um, should we try to get press passes for it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't get the Super Bowl ones. We'll get the NFC Championship ones instead. Yeah, they'll definitely give it uh, to us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the Sunday Night Football. And Joe, that is your Cincinnati Bengals entertaining the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is, quote, facing an uphill battle to be ready for this game. Um, I'm sorry, just snowing. to interrupt you there. Uh, I just seen a tweet come in there that he has missed practice for this week, for today. Sorry, yeah. this day. He's missed practice today. So, again, um, uphill. Like, uh, so, again, uphill. So, if Tyler Huntley is ready, if he is fit, it'll be him. If not, it'll be who was it last week? Michael Brown. Was that who it was? But I think Anthony Brown. Yeah, Anthony Brown. Yeah, yeah. Just to get because I, yeah. I think I think Tyler can play. Or Huntley could play. Uh, they just didn't want to throw him out because I think he has tendonitis in his throwing arm. Um, I seen a tweet that he hadn't thrown today in the media section of the pa- uh, of the the practice. So I think he will play. I think he will play. Was Mark Andrews injured last week, or did they rest him? I don't know. I think they rested him, but I don't really know. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he was rested again with the thing about the um, void game. The Bengals Bills and having wrapped up the North already, 
I think they just kind of said, listen, there's no point in throwing you out and getting hurt. They did a not chargers on it. Yeah, they actually rested there. They player. did what the Chargers should have done, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, the the Bengals are the fourth seed after winning the AFC North. The the Ravens are the fifth seed in this game. You know, like that with the quarterback issues on the Ravens, and then of course the the Bengals. You know, just getting hot in the second half of this season, a potential. Um, stumbling block for them, of course, is Alex Kappa not being around for the rest of the season. But you always start you on this one. What are your thoughts ahead of this game, especially when you face a team again a week after already beating them and beating them quite convincingly? Um, do you get uh, do you worry that there might be a bit of a, a resting on the laurels a little bit with the team? Um, I don't think so because I think so fresh off of losing a Super Bowl that was so close. I think that team wants to get back as soon as possible. I don't think there's any sort of, oh yeah, we'll get through them and it'll be the Bills next week. I think it's a, no, we need to make sure that we put these away because, I mean, they beat us earlier in the season. I know, I know it was, um, I know it was Lamar that was out there, but it's still the same team. Tyler Huntley isn't Lamar Jackson, but he's he's all right. He's he's shown some some things in some games. Um, I think what what needs to be kind of again, you, you said that we were eight and zero coming into or eight, eight games straight. I think we have the hardest uh, strength of schedule uh, of the remaining teams in the playoffs. I think. Um, I just I I don't see how the Ravens especially after last week, I don't see how the Ravens can can kind of put themselves up to to a challenge like how the Bengals have been the last few weeks. Like this was supposed to be the the hardest part of the schedule. The, you know, running the gauntlet through all these teams. I know the books weren't what they were last year. And um, I know we weren't kind of, no, I don't want to say we fell off, but we kind of slowed down a bit in that middle kind of around win five, win six in that streak. But, you know, when you're looking across across the sideline, it's, it seemed it's uh, what are we eleven and four, twelve and four, sorry, and again eight straight division champions, and they've got all their starters healthy. I know the offensive line is is beat up a bit, and I suppose that's their one place that we that the Ravens can try and exploit. Because again, Lyle Collins gone from a couple of weeks ago, and Cap has gone now. It's the same offensive line basically that. Got Burrow sacked nine times against the Titans last year, and I think eight times in another game. And I think he was hit like forty. Was it thirty or forty times in that playoff run? Burrow was hit uh, last year. Like it's that it's that offensive line, and I think that's where the Ravens will say this is the only way we're going to win this game is if we hammer them. Um, I don't. Again, through my orange tinted glasses, I don't see that happening, but. It, it, I suppose it is a vague possibility. I don't know how you guys feel about it. The one thing that I did notice from the game last Sunday was, and you you did mention about the offensive line, is that the Ravens did have success at getting at Burrow. Now he was, he did play very well in eluding the pressure a lot of times too. But we can't say for certain that's going to happen again this week. And if they can get at Burrow and they can, 
you know, getting down on the ground. It, it will, um, it will make things interesting. Now, I want to actually ask about the running game because I don't know if it's just myself noticing it. Maybe I'm way off and just seeing the the limited amount of Bengals football that I'm seeing. But has the run game sort of faltered a little bit or been, you know, stumbled just a little bit the, these this season? It's not as prominent maybe as it has been. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that kind of comes into the type of offense that we've run. The first few weeks, it was that kind of zone run and you kind of saw mix and you know break a few chunk plays and obviously p ryan has come through especially earlier in the season he was great um i think once we hit that saints game it just changed you know different blocks uh blocking schemes were more sort of power stuff and that kind of has a high variance as to you know you're either going to break a run or you're going to get one two yards every time and that's it um i suppose the bengals play you know, we run the ball in order to pass it. So I suppose it's not as much of, uh, you know, it's not as much of a priority, I suppose, for Zach Taylor to to be hounding at these guys. We need four yards every time, four yards every time, four yards every time. It's like, no, if we can get one play where we just get two yards and then it's second and eight and then it's two pass plays. Like, I think that responsibility is put on Burrow now. So the likes of Mixon and P. Ryan and the offensive line don't have to be worried so much about pushing, you know, seven a seven-man box back the whole way to clear clear the way. It's like a just get enough so that we're not behind the chains for our next two pass plays. So maybe that's why the run game has slowed down. Obviously, it feels a bit weird paying Mixon all that money and then him not having this massive season. Um. But again, I suppose it's paved the way for the likes of P. Ryan, who's shown something, and I suppose he'll get paid, um, whether it's by us or someone else in the off season. But uh, I wouldn't, I, I don't think it's too much of a worry when you have guys like Burrow and Boyd and Higgins and Chase that will go out there and catch a ball and jet sweeps as well. So, yeah, and the Americans as well of Trent Irvin as well these past few weeks too. Popping up in, yeah. the, in in the end zone, ruining my anytime touchdown score, you know, bets because they, he passes in it to him and not uh, Tyler Boyd. So, um, yeah, great for him. Not great for my pocket at the moment. And you see, the thing is, right, you, you'll you'll back Irvin this week and he might get two catches. That's the thing. Hayden Hurst this, he, this week. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the way it goes. It's never, it's never your Higgins or your Boyd. It's always, it's always the guy you don't expect to play. Exactly, Jake. Um, I haven't asked you on this game yet, but is there anything um, you're looking out for? Um, end thought, of this week. I thought you had forgotten about me there, but um, yeah, the one thing I'd be looking forward to, and we kind of touched on it there, is the lads on the offense for the Bengals going against that Ravens secondary who. I think they're one of the worst pass defenses in the league this season. So um, I'd be interested to see how that goes. Um, I'm a big fan of T Higgins and I like Jamar Chase and I like Tyler Boyd. I just think they're, that's a tree headed dragon right there. So um, if, if Lamar is playing this game, I'm feeling a little bit different. The game's obviously more even, but uh, I just think the lads on the, the wide receivers for the, the Bengals can really outrun this game. And just, it won't even matter if Joe Mixon is in there now. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, like that's a, and with this Ravens, especially the the linebacking situation with the Ravens, especially with uh, Patrick Queen and Roquan Swint with his new one hundred million dollar contract too, the the Bengals could find it tough to to run. So maybe it will fall in the hands of of the three guys there and Trent Irvin and. Hayden Hurst as well. But we'll get predictions for this game. Joe, you are the Bengals fan, so um, we'll let you go first. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm obviously going Bengals, but like I, th- I think you kind of touched on it as well, actually. Now that, now that I think about it, the, the Roquan Smith contract, that probably makes it less likely for Lamar to play. Like, he's been trying to get a contract all season, and you've seen how bad this Ravens team is without him, and then they go and pay a linebacker. Like I'm all for I'm all for everybody getting paid and and you know linebackers making money that's great obviously Rokon Smith a great player but you've been trying to get this guy down for a contract for the whole off season whole last off off season whole of training camp all of this year and then the first contract you give out is is to a linebacker I think that I think that might make yeah. Lamar done and even if he even if he turns out to be healthy this weekend I think he might just say you know what lads. You can go at it your own. So I have the Bengals to to win this game handily. Yeah. Well, looking at it, looking at it from the team's perspective, in the last two years he's had two serious enough knee injuries to miss multiple games, and for a guy who's who's a whose big part of his game is running with the football, you got to look at that and say, well, look, he's only missed a couple of games. These ones. What about the next one where he's out for a year? Um, so I think that obviously comes into their thoughts when they when they're offering the money that they're offering, and obviously the we heard about the deal that they offered at the the start of the year. Um, what was it? Something like forty million a year or something like that. They were offering them three hundred million dollar contract or something. Um, but there wasn't a lot of guaranteed money, or not as much as he wanted in the guaranteed money stakes. And look, that obviously goes down to the Deshaun Watson contract, and that being fully guaranteed, which has turned a lot of deals um in a way that is not pleasing a lot of owners at the moment and a lot of gms in the league but mm. we'll see it, it, it's one it's going to be one of the biggest off-season uh, stories for sure um in an off-season where i think it's primed to be one of the craziest ones we've ever seen i know last year with the big trades of russ and everything like that were absolutely massive but we're already hearing about hopkins wanting to leave and then them trading him and you know there could be a lot of big trades and there could be a lot of big contracts um given out in free agency and look this is going to be the place to be to hear all about it at the under center podcast and to get the best reactions for it as well but let's move on to the final game of a wild card weekend which conveniently enough takes place on monday night when the weekend's over that is the dallas cowboys traveling to tampa bay to take on the buccaneers of course, the uh, Buccaneers winning the NFC South with an 8-9 and nine record. A losing record wins a division. Um, I thought those days were over, but clearly not. And then the Dallas Cowboys, who have a 12-5 and five record, could only make it in as the fifth seed. You know, um, one of the worst things about football and, you know, punditry and stuff like that is, you know, you look at the most recent performances and that sort of sways opinion. And the Cowboys flat up sucked last week against the Commanders. They were awful. Whereas the Buccaneers have been awful for most of the year, but they've turned it on there in the last couple of weeks. Okay, it didn't mean anything last week against the Falcons when they lost that game. But, you know, did the Cowboys, and Jake, obviously you're the NFC East 
uh, expert in the in the group here. But did the Cowboys peak too soon? Um, no, the the Cowboys have been terrible all season long, if you ask me. But that's just a uh, NFC beast um, take there. For you. I'll give you though, Prescott is leading the NFL in interceptions, even though he's missed what four four games this season, five games this season. So it's not been a great year for him. Um, and then even though I think both defenses, uh, Bucks and and Cowboys defense, have started off strong enough. But I think in the last five or six games, they're giving up almost thirty points per game on average. So I think 27, 28 points per game each. So that's, I think that's down. They start off the year about 17 or 18 points per game. So obviously that's going to make things a lot harder in this, um, in this game for them. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Prescott and leading interceptions. Like he's always been a guy where it's, oh yeah, he's calculated and, and you know, he, he processes defense as well. You know, maybe not the strongest arm, and, you know, maybe not the most accurate, but certainly a smart quarterback. And then leading the league in picks is, again, especially after you're saying four or five weeks out, like that's, it's not not a good look and certainly not a good look when uh, you're supposed to be leading America's team. Um, I, I really don't know how to feel about this game because, like, that Buccaneers offense, even, it, I think... Even against the Panthers, where they put up was it thirty points, and Evans had like three touchdowns and two hundred and ten yards or something, something crazy like that. It was three goal balls, and apart from that, I don't think the Buccaneers' offense was all that good in that game. Three good plays, and then what's that? Then three field goals after that, and that's it. If the Panthers. The Cowboys have a better defense than the Panthers. I just want to get that out of the way as well. And I think when you have uh, Micah Parsons running at you all day, Tom Brady will be getting that ball out a lot quicker and not letting those go balls develop. Um, But that, oh man, I, I still don't know how to feel about this game. I think it's going to be a wild watch and it, it's either going to be like 16-3 or it's going to be 37-41. It's only only those two scores. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You You mentioned... Go on. Sorry, Jake. I was going to say, can I take you all the way back to week one? Let's bring us back down memory lane. Oh, yeah. Buccaneers face the Cowboys in week one. That game was 19-3. to Of course, that went out in the first quarter. But like that, the Bucs only managed to score 19 points on this... Uh, Cowboys defense and now with Dak back at least starting this game obviously we don't know if he's going to continue to play the whole game obviously we can't tell you didn't, you didn't get but, the script yet no no I haven't got my script yet no, you got how have you yet. got it well I get it early I've got good context oh okay all right no <laughs> um but like that it could be you know I we've said a few so far in the show that it can be game of the weekend this for me, has potential to be one of the worst games of the weekend. I agree with you. Lowest scoring ones. Yeah, yeah, you're like the way you, Joe, you said it. It's either going to be super low or super high, and there's no in between. I don't think it's going to be a 24-21 game. It's got to be super high or super low. Um, I, I'm I'm super not impressed with the Bucks' offense as a general, but they are extremely boomer bust. You mentioned three huge plays to Mike Evans for three touchdowns last week. That's to me is the epitome of the book season is just launching balls on 
third and three or something like that to get an 80 yard touchdown or something mad like that they are very boomer bust for me um it's again it's just crazy for me yeah it's i just i just like i mentioned at the, at the start of this section i feel the cowboys have had their time sort of you know where everyone thinks they're playing well and they're gonna win the super bowl all that blah 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 every team every year every yeah 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 I just I think they peaked too soon. I think that commander's loss was very bad and it was very damaging. Demoralizing. Um, and 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 Dak, yeah, like that. I think Dak has been allowed to get away with murder this season. Um like that, maybe because it is America's team and they can criticize, I don't know, but he's not played well, I don't believe. I didn't actually know he was leading the league in interceptions. Um kind of also that helps me come to come to my judgment that he actually hasn't been that great this year. Um, but the only thing is say there was a player that led the league in interceptions last year and won a Super Bowl, and that was Matt Stafford. So, <laughs> Let's not put that evil on me. Don't put that evil you on know, me. You it's know, not, it's not exactly a, a stat that's I, going to kill I wasn't, the team, uh, I wasn't putting that out there to, to boo on the Cowboys' chance of winning because uh, we all know they're not going to do it. I just wanted to shit on the Cowboys even more for a whole different reason. <laughs> Any chance. Any chance at all to shit on the Cowboys. That's all it is. Oh, me. yes. I would turn this whole podcast into shitting at the Cowboys. <laughs> Before we get into predictions, does anybody have anything else to say on this game? The only one thing I would say about this game is as much as we, well, I'm not impressed with the, the, the offense of the Buccaneers is it's Tom Brady. I mean, you can't count out Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like yeah. he's the, he, he has the most experience of any NFL quarterback in the playoffs. Whether or not that makes a huge difference, I just think he could be on the Jets now and you'd still have to count him in the game. Yeah, there's definitely something different. It was the same the 2020 when they won the Super Bowl. He, you know, he started off and wasn't great, wasn't meshing with everyone. And then something clicked the last six weeks of the season where all of a sudden it was like, you know what? It's, it's Tom time now. It's Tom's time. And he came through, wasn't great, kept going and going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden you blink and they're in the Super Bowl and Tom's lifting another Lombardi and you're just there like, you blink oh, again, you blink why? again, and he's thrown it across the water to Gronk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, Sorry, interesting that um nobody's also mentioning the the fact that we're in the playoffs and it's a win and you're out or or you're out situation. So, you know, is it Tom Brady's last game in the NFL on Sunday? Is that possible? I, but it looks like if no one's talking about it, he's sent the feelers out there to people saying that he's going to come back next year. I think there has been a couple of reports come out saying that he is planning to come back. Now, obviously, we've seen that change and flip-flop over the past season. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires once or twice before the next season starts. Um, But I I reckon he will be back. He's just confident he's coming back. He's a free agent as well. I didn't know. He's actually a free agent. So, And I think there was a report linking him with Vegas. That makes sense. Yeah, that's probably a good one. They want to move on from card. Josh McDaniels is there as well. Probably has a lot of use for his avocado water out there as well. <laughs> but just, yeah, but Brady thrown to Devontae Adams though as well. That doesn't seem like it's fair. 
<laughs> yeah, but he's no, gonna be forty-six like year old Tom Brady or something. Still, still, that, that's the thing. Like, what do you, what do you pay forty-six-year-old Tom Brady to come to your team for one year, probably at most one year? I'm gonna, I don't know. You probably, it's gonna be thirty million dollars or something at least, or or at least lower, but with higher guarantee, maybe. He's on twenty-five a year there now at the books. He, he seems like in the, in his in his later years he has been that guy to you know take the uh more team friendly, friendly offers. But I think that changed when he went onto the books because it was did he not sign that contract three years ago or something? So I, I think the cap's gone up since then. And I think the, the average for a quarterback is now 30 million per year. Oh a well, lot I didn't want more to also say it, but Jeez. I think he well average. I mean has, the higher is yeah, the fifties yeah. and forties. Well, I also don't want to say, but he has lawyers to pay for now as well. <laughs> yeah, and again, like True. he's not like Giselle was making more money than him when he was in the when he was in the NFL. So he's on his own now. There's no no way he's taking a, another twenty three, twenty four million dollar deal. He's going out free agency saying, "I want that bag," because he's won all his Super Bowls. He doesn't want another one of those. Surely, he's got enough. <laughs> Pack it in, Tom. <laughs> I've Please. already pocketed it. I can't do anymore. He can't haunt you anymore. <laughs> All right, let's get the predictions for this game um, before we wrap it up. Uh, Joe, first, uh, I'll go to you on this one. Cowboys or Bucks? Um, I, I despise both teams. Uh, I despise the Cowboys less because they don't have Tom Brady. So I will go with the Cowboys. I despise the Cowboys more, but I'm still think I'm sticking with the Cowboys. I think they're just a more complete team than the, the Buccaneers are. Okay. I'm gonna go for the Buccaneers in this one. Um I just I can't look past that experience of Tom Brady in the playoffs. No. Um I can't look past the fact that I that Dak will probably do something stupid a couple of times in this game. Um and I can't look past the fact as well that they keep persisting with starting and giving more reps to Zeke Elliott instead of giving it to Tony Pollard, who is clearly the better running back. I'm yeah. okay with that because uh, I, I don't like Zeke either. So <laughs> I know, I know, but like I just, I just, I don't get. It. I think, I think it was Jerry Jones says because ah, because he's a big guy and Tony Pollard's smaller. Like that matters. <laughs> Like he's going. If it's a case of winning you the game and losing you the game, do you think it matters on the size of the guy? Not it's the guy who has the hot the lizard hand. man. <laughs> but anyway, 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 I'm going to go for the books in this game, and that is um, our wild card weekend preview wrapped up for you, nice in a nice little bow for to get you ready for the weekend's action. Um, Jake, Joe, thank you as always for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Great being on, talking a lot of stuff and hating on Tom Brady. And the Cowboys. Can't forget, hating on the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys. Uh, before we let you go, Joe, of course, you are part of the Domestic Game podcast. Um, looking at uh, everything Irish-American football related. And of course, we are into 2023, which means we are very close to the new season. So um, are you looking forward to starting the new season of the podcast now as well? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll be getting on soon. We're going to have a kind of winners and losers of 2022 uh, kind of previewing, maybe a little bit projecting into 2023, who we see, uh, you know, coming through from 
from the from the depths of, of what they did last year or maybe some teams falling. Um, and then I am still pushing as hard as I can for a uh, AFI uniform tier list. So fingers crossed that'll be coming out at some stage before the start of the season. <laughs> no problem. I can't wait to be for it to be totally dominated by how great the Pirates uniforms are and how great the Pirates team is going to be in 2023. That's all we need. That's all I need to know for a full hour and yes, a half. Sir. That's all. For the right money. <laughs> for the right money. Of course. Is that right money? Like no money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about all we're on at the moment, guys. <laughs> So a little bit. Of I money, thought that it? it's just a little bit. It's all right. I'll throw you a point or something. But um, oh, and then on the fair. personal side of things, how is preparations going with the Minotaurs? Uh, good. Yeah. Um, we're back into preseason training now, as I'm sure most clubs are. Um, feeling pretty good. Just knocking the cobwebs off for most people. Um, yeah, we're feeling confident. First year in Premier Division. First t- uh, year in the history for us being in top tier. So, yeah, we're excited, man. Um. Can't wait to go out there and actually play some games. It's been too long, and we already ha- we have another two months probably left. So it's just itching and clawing yeah. back to into March. <laughs> Can't come soon enough. I know, I know. Um, well, that is that's the terrible thing about it, though, because you know we are all excited for all excited for the NFL season. It's great. Then it ends, and then you then we have the AFI season, which is great. But for the AFI season to start and be happy with that. The NFL season has to end, which is not great also because, of course, we'd like watching. But anyway, um, again, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll have you on again for sure, especially closer to the start of the AFI season as well. Um, but that is where we're going to wrap up this edition of the show. Make sure you're following us on our social channels at UnderCenterPod on Twitter and Instagram. Undercenter podcast so search for us there on youtube if you are watching us now on youtube make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel make sure you subscribe to our audio sites too that is uh, Undercenter podcast wherever you get your podcast you will find us there uh, c-e-n-t-r-e for center it's not the american spelling i remember i have to keep reminding you of that because i've been told a few times that they can't find us because we spell it the right way and not the wrong american way um like i said we will be back next week looking looking back at the uh, playoff games and seeing uh talking about the great victories for the bengals seahawks and giants but until next time stay safe and we'll see you soon